Good evening, everyone. This is Zariah, and welcome to Late Moonlight Talks. Late Moonlight Talks is brought to you by the Bash Ethiopia of Moon UPD as we celebrate the 75th anniversary of the United Nations. Tonight, we'll talk about women and girls, and we will dive deep in the gender inequality and feminism movement in the Philippines, together with our host, Bianca and Francine. We will also have an exclusive interview with our special guest, Ms. Danella Bianca Bona. She is currently taking up her MA in Women and Development Studies in UP Diliman. She also had her undergraduate degree in the same university in BA Political Science and graduated last 2017. Our guest speaker also served as a resource person in various forums and talks including the Youth Forum on Violence Against Women, the Girls Supporting Girls to End Vow, the Hashtag Respect to the Man campaign, Safe Spaces in Schools, and the Soji SC in Fighting Period Poverty, We Bleed Red IGTV episodes. Before we move on, I would like to remind you guys that the last episode of Late Moonlight Talks will be up on air next week, Saturday 8pm, and join us as we talk about health as an investment in our future here on Spotify. So without further ado, I'm going to give the mic to our hosts, Bianca and Francine. Have a good listen, everyone. Thank you, Zaria, for introducing us to our listeners for tonight. I hope you are all having a wonderful evening because we surely have a lot to talk about. Right, Francine? Absolutely, Bianca. In the previous episode, we heard from Alex, Erica, and Mrs. Edna Juanillo as they shared with us how to mitigate climate change to bring about positive world change. On today's episode, we will be talking about an interrelated issue, one that affects both me and you. It's all about gender inequality. We will be exploring the extent of the gender gap and how we can craft sustainable solutions moving forward. Hello everyone, welcome to Late Moon Night Talks. Our podcast episode is entitled Women and Girls, Let's Close the Gap. And we will all be joined here later by our guest speaker, Ms. Danila Bianca Bona, who has contributed greatly in raising national awareness about this topic, as well as spearheading social initiatives to cement the progress we have collectively made. Before we dive into all the nitty-gritty details, it is important that we get a lay of the land, so to speak. I am very much interested in learning about the situation of girls and women in the Philippines and around the globe. Quite easily, I think about gender-based violence when we talk about these matters. And it comes as no surprise given the data that we gathered previously. Even with significant improvement in the advancement of women's rights, statistics reveal that one in three women worldwide will experience or have experienced physical and or sexual violence in their lifetime. Unfortunately, the COVID-19 pandemic made the situation worse than before with the rise of the shadow pandemic, wherein violence against women increased. A trend manifested during emergencies, and in this case, where women are confined in homes that may potentially house an abuser. That's right, Francine. The trend you talked about is actually based on a fact cross-checked among developed countries like Argentina, China, Cyprus, France, Singapore, and the United Kingdom. Domestic cases in China tripled, with it peaking to 90% during the quarantine period, with the other countries trailing behind with a 25-30% to 30% increase in their cases, all based on registered helpline calls, among other factors. Well, Francine, what about the Philippines? I'm not sure if you've heard, but sometime in May, there were news reports about a sex-for-pass scheme occurring in quarantine checkpoints, which was trailed by UNICEF's report wherein the country is now considered a global hotspot for online child abuse. With the pandemic igniting an immediate shift to online platforms, experts have recorded a 30% increase in online gender-based violence, which has been going on since 2019. Its most dominant forms include violent threats or blackmail, abusive comments, 
manipulation of personal data, monitoring and tracking, repeated harassment, dissemination of private information, and unauthorized access of private data. Sounds like privacy and manipulation are common in the abuse that women suffer online. What have women been able to do about this? While these are all alarming, the lack of urgency in responding to these reports has led victims to be very hesitant in coming forward. Only 31.15% of reported cases led to pursued investigations and only 14.75% were brought to trial. Thus, it is to women's joy everywhere that the hashtag IHAAKO movement took flight and efforts to push for a more stringent implementation of the Safe Spaces Act are slowly taking root. There are a lot of people who are also vocal in breaking down harmful gender stereotypes like ideas of toxic masculinity and the pervasive macho feudal culture. People now recognize that the patriarchal system in its various forms has done little good to everyone, even those who serve as its poster children. With everything I've heard today, I do think that we can lighten up the atmosphere a little bit by sharing the little victories we've made here at home. Like, for instance, how Filipinas now make up one-fifth of the government, while 46% are part of the paid workforce. Yeah, I heard something similar to that, wherein 85% of Filipinas believe that there has never been a better time to be a woman than now. Despite everything that's going on, I can feel the passion we all have to commit to leaving no one behind and establishing a legacy of equality among all genders. This brings to mind, what does gender equality look like in the United Nations and how has it responded? Unfortunately, this problem exists even in the UN. According to the UN Director at Human Rights Watch, Louis Charbonneau, some member countries like China have been attempting to undermine the systems that protect gender equality. This has been done through misguided interpretations of feminism and the censorship of women's rights activists. Actually, Antonio Gutierrez, the current UN Secretary General, has pledged to reinforce the following in the responses of the UN to these issues. Firstly, there's supporting member states in taking an active stance on protecting women's rights in legislation, applying a gender lens on all current and future actions of the UN to prevent oversight on gender issues, protecting women, especially online, through risk analysis and early warning systems, and lastly, consulting diverse women's human rights organizations regularly. It's great to hear that such massive international organizations like the UN are taking strides in advocating for better policies and attitudes towards gender equality. You know what would make the stride greater? What's that, Francine? It would have to be hearing from someone who knows deeply about this topic and glean wisdom from their insights. I know exactly what you mean because we'll be hearing from Miss Danella Bona in a bit. It truly is a pleasure to welcome her to this podcast and we hope you have your writing pads and pens ready as we'll surely be having a lot of takeaways from our little chit-chat with her. All right, so hello Miss Bona. Thank you very much for joining us uh, for our podcast today. We wanted to ask you, do you have any first-hand experiences with this issue? And if so, what is your story? Well, if you're talking about feminism and um, all of these women-related issues, I've had a couple and a lot more experiences with that. Um, my, my, my advocacy on women's empowerment centers on um, the idea of a child growing up in a um, gender-sensitive household. Why? Because um, despite um, me being born in a Provinciano household, my mom and dad are both from Bicol, my mom is from Camarines Sur, and my dad is from Asbate. Despite that, um, and despite my parents not having um, super high or good educational background or no background about gender at all, I was surprisingly raised in a gender-sensitive household. And, I, and I was, as I grew up and mingled with other people, with my peers, I was able to realize that um, 
things which I perceive to be normal are those that my friends perceive to be unusual. Like, for me, in my case, my dad would oftentimes um, feel uncomfortable when I wear pants because he, feel like, he feels like it's so hot, it's so not me, because he's used to seeing me wear um revealing clothes because that's just my personality and me about you know piercing my ears having body modifications dyeing my hair with different hair colors and when I oftentimes do not do that when I oftentimes cover up my dad would usually wonder why are you so um covered ganyan and to my friends these things are the normal ones and for them, the unusual ones are the normal ones for me. So dun palang, I already saw the difference. Na iba yung upbringing sa akin ng family ko than to my to most of my peers. And I can see that I am a happier person. Uh, I feel I'm more confident. I'm more empowered compared to my peers because I was born and raised in a gender sensitive household. Why? What? What do I mean by that? Gender sensitive household as in there were no gender roles at home. My dad does the laundry because asthmatic yung mom ko. So ever since my dad is the one doing the laundry, my mom oftentimes does the repairs at home because she's really good at it. My mom is my mom learned driving from my dad, and my mom's work right now is um, a part-time family driver. No, my dad is also good at cooking. He oftentimes cook because it's more comfortable for dad than for mom. Ko. So I, parang growing up, we didn't have any gender roles at home, and I can see na, and I never heard at home na kalalaki mong tao, umiiyak ka. There were there was even a time a relative and uh, my family friends were telling my dad and my mom because I have a brother who's um um ten years young. Yeah, 10 years younger than me kasi 10 years yung gap namin. Now, they will always, because my my brother oftentimes um, act a little feminine, so family, friends, and relatives would will would oftentimes tell my parents, oh, baka bakla yung anak nyo, ganyan, uh, or, or baka naman may potential na maging bakla in the future, something like that. And my dad and mom, especially my dad, will always say, eh, ano ngayon, kung bakla siya, kung bakla siya, hindi bakla siya, there's nothing wrong about being gay. So, you know, um, it's my first, it's actually my my advocacy comes from a good first hand experience and it's having a comparison na i'm living a better life hindi man siya on the financial side but i mean yung yung personality ko as a person my well-being how i grew up as a person and as a member of the society is way better compared to my peers who grew up in traditional household so yeah that's that's basically my background Speaking of your background story, Miss Bona, how did you think the feminist movement in the Philippines took root? Kasi nga po, di ba, nabanggit nyo na may mga um, kakilala kayo na they weren't really as open with gender fluidity uh-huh. as your family was. Based on this, um, how did you think the feminist movement actually took flight and how can others join or help in the movement po? Um. To be honest, um, it's been a good thing, no. I've I've been seeing the progress because I I've been an advocate since I was in college. Even if walapako nung background with my masters, because right now I'm took I'm taking MA Women and Development Studies. Before even before na walako, I've been observing, and right now I'm I'm I feel better na and I feel good na there's kahit na konte nagpaprogress siya, no. The the feminist movement is um becoming parang yung term natin sa sa Pinas nagiging maingay siya nagiging matunog compared before no na parang um, may mga ano tayo may mga matutunog tayong advocacies and panawagan niyan sa society like um yung hashtag iha ako if I, if I, if I can remember clearly ganon uh, and especially about women advocating for um sexual reproductive health rights, uh, women advocating for pro-abortion, women, uh, fellow women advocating for um, women's um, equal rights with men, with the usual equal wages, uh, equal opportunities, equal leadership um, um, grants for women, as well as yung, um, yung, um, the issue on victim blaming. I'm so happy that I can see a debate already kasi dati it's most of the times um, purely on victim blaming lang talaga. Like, most of the people are resorts to victim blaming. But right now, I can see people stepping up. Um, 
calling out na it doesn't it's not the women's fault that they they are being harassed they are being raped they are being assaulted it's because of the the predator's fault um parang alam mo yon like the people's campaign na we should teach children to respect at uh, we should teach young boys to respect women and not teach women or young girls to defend themselves so you know i can see na for me kasi it's a big thing no and for me even if it's a little progress ang importante ay nagkakaroon ng progress ang importante umuusad tayo hindi tayo nagre-remain stagnant sa kung ano man yung mga nagiging issues ng women ngayon in the society so uh, of course may mga pros and cons yung social media but I, I'd like to comment na malaki yung piniplay na role ng social media dito na um, women are starting to are, women are starting to recognize that they should speak up na they have they have voices and these voices have to be heard in the society and women should not fear to be um, to fight for their rights and actually claim it parang alam mo yun, I, i can see that um, women are starting to be empowered although i can't really speak in behalf of every of all the women in the world especially all women in the philippines because as we all know meron pa rin tayong hindi na reach especially the women in the marginalized sectors the women in the far flung areas so we can't really say but at the very least at least uh, we're not staying in the traditional and hindi tayo nag hindi tayo nag hindi tayo stagnant na nandoon lang tayo within the cave lang so it's better that it's better that way uh, well speaking of progress po what action do you think young women especially students can take in order to address these issues what can we do to change the current social narrative I think um for students no um like this yung effort na ginagawa niyo no um podcasts um webinars um kwentuhan um let's say videos infographics that could actually inform more people to be part of the movement no parang um it's more of sa akin sa MA kasi namin uh, tinuro sa amin na malaking bagay of how we can empower women is to conscientize them conscientize as in um kung ikaw din naman babae, paano mo ipag paano mo ipaglalaban yung mga karapatan mo? Paano mo paano mo ipaglalaban yung sarili mo kung in the first place hindi mo alam sa sarili mong oppressed ka? No, so parang part of the conscientization process is letting women understand that they are oppressed, letting women know that uh, they are disadvantaged, letting women do, know that they are in um they are unequal compared to men, uh, letting women know that Um, there are certain downside of becoming biologically female, born of becoming biologically female. I mean, alam mo yon, malaking bagay na as students, the, the the least thing we can do is to keep on educating other people na these things happen, these things exist, ito yung mga current problems ng women, ano ba yung pwede natin gawin to do this, how can we um, how can we influence and inform other people for us to be able to um invite more people to be part of the movement. So yun, I think students can easily, that's the best things that students can do. No, It's very simple yet has a very good impact. When we're talking po about um, educating others and also thinking about what we can do, we often reference po, diba, privilege as a huge mm-hmm. factor in how we can tip the playing field and really on how other people treat women and other minority sectors. If we ourselves find us in a place of privilege, how can we use that to help others address the issue of gender gap and gender inequality? Yeah, again, um, right now, no, we're, we're, uh, I think every semester, every subject, we deal with this in MA. Ko, no, na, um, we have to recognize that we are not only fighting um, inequality among men and, men and women or among gender, na nagsistik lang tayo sa gender no we have to recognize that there are layers of oppression that makes um that makes the situation of women even harder for them i mean um the simple explanation of this is um para sa ating mga kababaihan kababaihan oppressed na tayo because babae tayo what more with those na babae na may kapansanan na aita hindi nakapag-aral at um nasa mababang um, economic status ng lipunan. So, gets, uh, what I'm trying to say here is, in every layer of oppression, the burden is even harder for, for women. No, We have to address that. We do not only address the 
um, gender inequality component na pinoproblema ng mga kababaihan. We have to recognize that in order to alleviate women from this oppression, from this um, inequality, from this from these disadvantages, is we have to address not only the gender inequality component of their oppression, but also the other layers of oppression, which includes um, education, race, ethnicity, disability, um, socioeconomic status, and, and the likes. No? So we have to recognize this. And as privileged people, let's say tayo right now, uh, we, I can say, I'm not, I'm, I might not be someone who's financially capable as most of people, but I'm privileged enough to be able to talk about these things to you and to, for people to listen. Uh, parang alam mo yun, um, I'm allowing people to listen to this podcast. I am privileged enough because I can talk to you guys. I can let people, people hear me, um, listen to my voice and um, allow them to be educated. So what can we do as privileged people? Then let's do th- then let's do things that will help them understand their situation. And of course, hindi lang tayo natatapos sa educating, hindi lang tayo natatapos sa pagko-conscientize sa kanila, hindi lang tayo natatapos sa pagpaparealize sa kanila sa kung anong situation man nasaan sila. We have to act on it, we have to do something about it. We have but it starts with recognizing it that we have to recognize that we are privileged and people who are um who has other more layers of oppression that they have to go through has to um go through this even harder than we do kasi tayo we're privileged enough we're, we're more privileged compared to them so una ayun siguro we have to recognize and use this privilege no para maiangat natin yung mga ibang kababaihang nasa laylayan So I think it's 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 the the good thing about having privilege and power that we use this in order to pull other women up. Yeah. Um I have a question and I'm sure that a lot of our viewers are also very curious. When mm-hmm. someone for instance makes a sexist remark or joke, what is the best way to respond to that? Don't laugh. Don't laugh. When someone that's I've been practicing that ever since When someone makes a sexist remark or joke, do not laugh. Make a straight face. Show them that it's not funny. Then when they ask you, bakit hindi ka tumatawa? Bakit napakaseryoso mo? Nagjo-joke lang naman ako. Challenge them. Ask them, what's funny? Anong nakakatawa? Explain mo sa akin kung anong nakakatawa. Explain mo sa akin kung bakit tumawa ako. And when they try to explain, you explain to them why it shouldn't be funny. Example, I remember when I was working in someone, the guy was work, was ano, joking, a colleague of mine was joking na, ano, ano, ganyan-ganyan, pumasok ng sogo, tapos paglabas, ano, yung babae, hindi na makalakad, ganyan-ganyan. Tapos I wasn't laughing. And he was telling me, oh, Danela, bakit hindi ka tumatawa? Sabi ko, sir, ano pong nakakatawa? Sabi niya, Eh kasi pumasok ng hotel, motel, gatas hindi na makalakad yung babae. Sabi ko, o tapos, bakit po pag lalaki na babae nakakatawa pero pag lalaki po hindi natin pinagtatawanan ng lumabas ng motel? Bakit po? Bakit po ganon? Eh hindi ba po ano, um, parehas naman pong may sexual needs ang babae at lalaki, hindi naman po sila minor, hindi naman po sila nangangabit, wala naman po silang binabayolate na loan. Let's say nag-sex man sila sa motel, ano ngayon? Of legal age naman yung babae, legal age naman yung lalaki, hindi naman kabit si babae, wala naman siyang sinisirang pamilya, wala naman silang natatapakang tao. Eh ano ngayon kung sexually active yung babae? He didn't answer. Couldn't answer me. So you know, um, challenging sexist remarks and jokes makes a lot of difference. It it teaches a lesson to these people. No? Huwag kayong tumawa. Don't go with the flow. Just make a straight face. If they don't ask you, then okay. Basta don't don't laugh. Don't just go with the flow. Make them realize that the the sexist remarks and jokes that they blurt out, it's not funny and we shouldn't tolerate it ever. It was said for that, you know, we've already talked about it how education is so important in eliminating gender discrimination and promoting social change. With this, in what ways can women educate the opposite sex about gender discrimination, inequality, exploitation, 
violence and the like considering na kapag pinag-uusapan po kasi natin to what we hear is boys experience it too so why do women have to become more vocal about this than us how can we educate them in a way that really strikes to their heart naman po exactly the point men experience that too so the more that we should advocate for feminism i've been asked about this question a couple of times if Can men be feminist? Of course. Do you know why? They also benefit from it. Do you know why? Men and women are um, boxed in traditional roles and stereotypes in society. You know? It's not only women. The moment you join the movement, the moment you promote feminism, isa ka na rin sa mga lalaking nag-advocate na hindi dapat porkit lalaki ako, ako ang provider ng family. Na hindi porkit naglalaba ako, under na ako kay misis. No? We have to let men understand that feminism is a movement that doesn't only benefit women. It also benefits men because it frees them from being caged in traditional roles and stereotypes expected of them, of the society. No? Like the mere fact that men are, kailangan lalaki lang nanliligaw. Hindi totoo yun. Women should also make the first move if they're, if they're really you know, if they really want to. So, you know, it, it makes you realize that when feminism also benefits men, it frees them. Pinapalaya ng, fe- ng feminismo ang mga lalaki sa mga piling traditional roles and stereotypes ng society. Na yun nga, hindi porket lalaki ka, um, obligado kang maging magaling sa pagkukumpuni sa bahay, hindi porket lalaki ka, kailangan ang, tra- ang trabaho mo ay sa traditionally male-dominated field like engineering, um, let's say, um, pagiging doktor, na let's say kapag lalaki ka at nag-tourism ka, hindi, bakla ka na agad, hindi ganun, no? Na it frees you from the idea na porket lalaki ka at malinis ka sa, ta- ka sa katawan, paminta ka na agad, no? Yun yung, yun yung, yun yung local term eh, ng mga tao na hindi pa masyadong well-versed sa suji, na kapag lalaki ka at malinis na malinis at maarte ka sa katawan, paminta ka na agad. So, you know, that also, and again, when it comes to talking about violence and exploitation, it benefits men by, by letting people realize na hindi lang babae ang naririp. Hindi lang babae ang nahihipuan. Mag- I have friends na lalaki na nahihipuan sa MRT. May mga lalaki akong naharas at nare-rape din ang mga babae. May mga lalaki rin akong na- may mga lalaki rin akong kaibigang nakakatkol. And we and feminism allows us to stop normalizing women calling out sexy photos of fi- boys in Facebook as something normal while men calling out sexy photos of women on Facebook is perceived to be manya. No, it frees them. It doesn't only benefit us. It it, it also frees them from these forms of inequalities. Inequalities sa part ng mga negative connotation of being a man, no? Na ikaw ang tra- you are traditionally prescribed to be a predator. Yung tinatawag nilang gano'n, no? Na you are traditionally ascribed to be a predator. Yung, um, I think yung tamang term dito is dual roles yata. Yung tamang term, um, dual roles sa society, no? Yung gano'n. Um, it frees men with, the, with those things na kailangan kapag lalaki ka, Or I mean, kapag lalaki, automatic predator ka, no? Yung ganong mga argument nila. Or, um, eto na, tamang term, double standard norms ng society. Na kapag, kapag babae, um, parang imposibleng maging ano ka, rapist ka, imposibleng maging manghipo ka ng, ng lalaki. Pero pag lalaki, automatic pwedeng maging rapist. Pag lalaki, automatic pwedeng maging ano, sexual predator, no? Yung tinatawag nating double standards, Uh, norms of the society na hindi lang naman babae ang mayroon pati ang mga lalaki mayroon no we have to recognize that na men cannot be emotional kailangan ng lalaki hindi umiyak no pero kapag babae at emotional ka okay lang kasi babae ka eh and men who are vain perceived to be gay no another double standard in society na kapag ma-selfie ka mahilig ka magdamit-damit passionista ka at vain ka gay ka na agad so you know education This is a form of education, eh? letting people understand that uh, men also benefits from the feminist movement in order for us to encourage them to join the movement. Thank you very much, Paul, for that. Um, another question. As most people know, 
Feminism is the social movement that incites awareness of gender inequality and calls for gender equality in the different spheres of life. How can we empower women and girls, especially those who still consider gender inequality as the norm, such as with gender stereotypes, so that they can also become feminists? Again, um, I've mentioned it nang very quickly kanina. No? Na one way of doing this is conscientization. We have to conscientize women and young girls that these are their rights. Ito yung mga karapatang meron sila. At itong mga sitwasyon na ito na kinabibilangan nila ay hindi dapat. Hindi ito yung normal. Hindi dapat ito katanggap-tanggap. So, alam mo yung malaking factor kasi we call it feminist conscientization in my MA that um, in order for women to fight for their rights and in, and in order for women to um, seek equality, Um, to alleviate from their situations of oppression, discrimination, and inequality, they first have to recognize kung ano ba to, ano bang sitwasyon meron ako, ano bang, alam mo yun, malaking factor kasi na may mga babaeng, hindi sila lumalaban, hindi sila, pakiramdam nila okay lang, pakiramdam nila walang mali, kasi hindi nila alam kung nasaan ang mali. Hindi nila alam ano ba ang mali. Hindi nila alam kung, hindi pala to normal, no? In short, we have for, we first have to inform these women um ano ba yung bare minimum na dapat ay nararanasan mo bilang babae? Ano ba yung mga karapatang ipinagkakait sa iyo? Ano ba yung mga karapatang hindi mo nakukuha? Ano ba yung mga bagay na hindi mo natatamasa dahil babae ka? So you know, um isang malaking bagay of of, of the power of feminism is um letting women and young girls realize the gender inequality, oppression, and discrimination they are experiencing in order for them to empower themselves because conscientization is a form of empowering yourself. When you start recognizing that you are in a situation of oppression, discrimination, and inequality, that's the moment you empower, you recognize that, then you empower yourselves to want to fight for your um, rights and, you know, um, alleviate from that situation. Kasi if in the first place, you don't know what your rights are, you don't know that you're in a state of oppression, discrimination, inequality, and other negative um, situations, how will you actually step up? Kasi hindi mo nga alam eh. Akala mo normal lang to. So we have to tell them that it's not normal. We have to tell them that it's not okay in order for them to have the conscientization to empower themselves, to um, convince them- themselves to speak up, let their voices be heard, and actually fight for their rights. No, So, mahalaga talaga yun. It is undeniable po na justice is more difficult to attain for women that are less privileged, especially those from low-income households. And when it comes to sexual assault and domestic violence, they're at the top of the list, or you know, they're the ones that are considered as statistics po. One prime mm-hmm. example that you've mentioned here is the Sex for Pass scheme. This lockdown occurring in quarantine checkpoints perpetuated by members of our own police force. Mm-hmm. What can we do about this, Po? I think initially, no, let's start with the component of ano, domestic violence. No? Um, the reason why low-income women are the top targets of these um, um, situations is because women have the fear na ay kapag lumaban ako, wala mo wala mawawalan ako ng pera. Ah, uh, mawawalan ng magsusustento sa pamilya ko, paano yung mga anak ko? So always that way. Eh. Ano alam niyo we discuss in our MMA that women's priority will always be their biological destiny. According to Simone de Beauvoir, no, the biological destiny of women is you know, um being a mother, nurturing of their children, um taking care of the household of the family. So because of this they call quote unquote biological destiny nai-instill sa mga kababaihan na it is our obligation to keep our family intact to take care of our children to make sure that the household is the household is running good so the moment domestic violence happens ang unang priority ng women is not to defend themselves and you know it's umbong yung mga asawa nilang predator Their initial concern is kapag nagsumbong ako at nakulong ang asawa ko, sinong bubuhay sa amin ng mga anak ko? No? So doon papasok ang economic intervention to those to these low-income women. Um, you do not only provide them with 
uh, yung term namin dito is we, we go to the ground. You ask these women, ano bang kailangan nila? Ano ba, saan ba sila magaling? Uh, ano bang um, economic um, intervention ang makakatulong sa kanila na alam nilang mapapalago nila? Bigyan mo ng ganong component ang mga kababaihan. Let them become economically empowered. Then let's see kung matatakot pa silang iwanan sila ng mga asawa nila or matatakot silang isuplong yung mga asawa nila for doing sexual assault and domestic violence against them. Kung, matat- kung ang mga babae ay economically empowered at alam nilang kayang-kaya nilang buhayin ng kanilang mga anak, hindi nila kailangan ang mga asawa nilang binubugbog sila at um, sinesexually assault sila. Ano. So, y- y- you know, when you, when you read, when you hear about these issues, hindi mo maiisip yung, yung economic component. Eh. Ang kadalasan naiisip kasi ng mga tao, tanga, mahalang yung asawa. Hindi po. No, we have to realize na itong mga nanay na ito, mayroong component na iniisip na ng mga bata. Hindi lang ito sa pagkikip ng family na buo. Isang malaking, ang pinaka-pinakaunang tatakbo sa isip ng mga nanay na ito is paano yung mga anak ko? Saan kami kupulutin? Saan kami kukuni? Kukuha ng pagkain namin. Di baling ako na nanay maguto, mabugbog, rapein ako ng asawa ko, basta't yung mga anak ko, hindi dilat sa gutom. No? These things, these are the biological um, responsibilities, biological destiny of women in society and the family. No? So we have to recognize that. Um, again, um, the other um, issues about this low-income women, especially yung ngayong lockdown of the, um, they are being victimized by the members of our, um, yung mga kapulisan and all, no? Of course, it's because they are, it's instilling fear in them, no? We, it, we really can't do anything about this, no? Especially right now, when we're, in, we're in a situation where the police has so much power in society, no? So, what, kahit anong pag-i-empower ang gawin mo sa mga babae, kahit anong pag-conscientize ang gagawin mo, alam na mga babaeng ang hostisya ay hindi papanig sa kanila. No? So, there is a lot of, um, that is one thing, no? Now, we have to recognize na the, the solution to the problem doesn't does not lie sa ating mga kababaihan it lies to the to the government no on sa kung ano yung of course um, nakasalalay na, na rin dito yung pagfi-feed ng government on how these um, police people are perceived in the society they are perceived to be powerful they are perceived to be people that you know can just shoot you when they want you as of the moment no in our current administration so syempre bilang babae ikaw uh, Of course, your your top priority is keeping your keeping your life um safe. No, you you don't want to die. Of course, um technically you you'll really be victimized. No, I think it's it's. Hindi mo makikita yung power dynamics. No, the power struggle that um not only about men and women, but the power struggle that these people are underprivileged and the people who are the predators are actually of people in power. By power, I mean doesn't have to be people who are. In, in an electoral seat, but people who are given power by the administration, which is the policemen, you know, and the police people, not only not only men, but of course the police women as well. But you know, that's the thought, eh? The powers, the power struggle. May, mayroong power dynamics. As I've said a while ago, it's layers of oppression. Babae na ako, maghirap pa ako. Ah, uh, mas gustoin ko mabuhay kasi binubuhay ko uh, at hindi ako patayin ng kung sino man itong gusto akong sexually assault kasi ang priority ko ay kailangan mabuhay ako kasi kung hindi mawawala ng nanay yung mga anak ko, walang mag-aalaga sila sa kanila, walang magpapakain sa kanila. So again, it's going back there. It's 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 a an interconnection of all these um theories and um concepts no of power dynamics, um economic um inequality and Again, yung biological destiny ng women to nurture the family and um, take care of the household. I'll just very quickly go back to something you mentioned earlier on that you have a lot of piercings. and mm-hmm. Well, you've talked about having 17 piercings, six tattoos, and different hair colors as something that does not hinder your worth as a woman nor your empowerment as such. So why do you think other people are affected by this? And in what ways can we seek to empower other people who feel discriminated because of their appearance, apart from the concepts of gender? Yeah, um, I think, um, no update, no? Grabe, no? This was way back December. And now I have 17 piercings and I have 12 tattoos, no? It, it, it doubled, no? It doubled. But anyway, the point is, um, for me confidence let's let's start with the simple one no confidence it starts within you whether you're a woman or a man it starts within you um the moment you built 
you build confidence within you. The moment you start embracing who you are, not only within you, but physically, no? Na the moment you embrace your imperfections, accept it, that it's part of you, that it's still beautiful, the moment you accept that um, traditional beauty perceived by the society which aren't matching with the characteristics that you have, um, the moment you realize na kahit it doesn't match the traditional beauty um, promoted by society, maganda ka pa rin. You start owning that. You start building your confidence. Then that's the moment you you start being feeling empowered. And when you when you even the moment you become confident and empowered, kahit anong external factors na maririnig mo, kahit anong external factor that might actually ruin that confidence, it won't happen. Kasi mat um matibay yung pagbuo mo ng confidence at empowerment mo within you. So no um. For me, it malaking bagay or malaking role yung piniplay ng sarili mo on how you become you become confident and empowered. No? So parang sa akin, um so sa akin ang paniniwala ko, um katawan ko to, ako ang may kapangyarihan sa kung anong kapangyarihang gawin, kung anong gusto ko sa katawang ito kahit dahil katawan ko nga ito. At kung ano mang gawin ko sa katawang ito, hindi nito mapapababa ang Um, pagkatao ko, hindi nito maapektuhan ang pagkababae ko, hindi nito maapektuhan ang kakayahan ko bilang isang tao. No? So that's very important for you to recognize. And bakit ba naapekto? Oh, tama, no? bakit kaya naapektuhan ang mga tao about these issues, yung appearance, yung body modifications, the way you present yourself? It's because, again, of the traditional um, forms of beauty na pinapresent na society. Like, you know, um, na kapag babae, mas maganda, let's say, in the context ng Philippines, dahil ang normal ay more, uh, kayo manggi, mas maganda ka kapag maputi, dahil mas normal sa atin ang wavy, mas maganda ka kapag tuwid ang buhok mo, no? na mas, matang, mas maganda ka kapag matangkad, mas maganda ka kapag hindi maitim ang kilikili mo, mas maganda ka kapag walang buhok yung kilikili mo. I mean, these things that um, the society... Um, presence, no? And, syempre, nagtumutulong dito ang media sa pagpuproliferate kung bakit gani- may ganito tayong mindset, no? Yung nakikita natin sa TV, sino ba yung hinahangaan ng karamihan, ano ba yung perception ng maganda, ano ba yung pinapresent sa TV na maganda sa mga teleserye, sa commercials, sa mga shows, no? Malaking bagay ito, no? Especially, we are exposed to media, social media, no? Malaking bagay yon And, you know, uh, Again, uh, this has this has been going on for a long time. I've been also against this, pero yeah, for me, even beauty pageants are promoting uh, a distorted image of what is beauty for women, no? Um of course, I'm happy to find to to see changes na meron ng mga beauty queens who beauty queens who join na short hair, um tanned and You know, not with the big boobs and curvy. It, it's good, no? But we we have it's still a long battle. Na we have to fight to debunk these traditional forms of beauty presented by society. So, bakit naapektuhan yung mga tao? Kasi nga yun yung traditional, yun yung standard, traditional standard forms of beauty. So, para sa atin, kung hindi natin naabot yung standard, hindi tayo maganda. Pero um, the ways we can empower other people and the ways we can um encourage them to gain confidence and empower themselves through their uh, about their appearance is for us to keep on convincing them no na wala walang saysay itong mga standards of beauty na ito wala wala itong bearing no the beauty that a person has is within you no kahit papaniwala ng mga tao pangit ka as long as alam mo sa sarili mong maganda ka walang makakasira niyan walang makakatibag niyan no so napakahalagang bagay na ganoon na ikaw bilang tao um ang kamulatan mo sa sarili mo ay maganda ka kahit ano pang itsura mo, kahit ano pang gawin mo sa katawan mo. Kaya so sandamakmak na tattoo pa yan, sandamakmak na piercings, at kung ano-ano pa, kung alam mo sa sarili mo kahit anong gawin mo, maganda ka pa rin, hindi yan matatapakan at hindi yan makukuha sa'yo ng ibang tao. So, ayun lang siguro yung advice na may bibigay ko sa mga tao. If you don't want to, if you want to stop being affected by these things, then build that confidence and empowerment within you. So, yun, napakalaking bagay na Speaking of empowerment po, which is, I think, the entire theme of our questions for today, Ms. Bono, what is your definition of an empowered woman? And where do you see the feminist movement 
whether in the Philippines or globally, 10 years from now? Para sa akin kasi, um, an empowered woman doesn't have doesn't um, have to be in a situation na hindi ka nasa oppression. Ako kahit ako pakiram ako alam ko sa sarili kong empowered woman ako. Pero alam kong ako ay ako pa rin ay nasa isang state of oppression, discrimination, inequality. Lalo na sa economic oppression, ano? Kasi uh, of course I'm not born in a in a well-off family, so I, it's still hard for me to you know get over this financial situation of my family especially ngayon na bumagyo and all but despite that i still know that i'm empowered no so for me the definition of an empowered woman is as long as you believe and you think you are empowered you are an empowered woman i mean no one's gonna take that away from you it's like my definition of beauty no um kahit para sa kanila pangit ka kung alam mo sa sarili mong maganda ka maganda ka it's it's that way that's for me that's the easiest way of Defining an empowered woman. I think also an empowered woman is for me, in, in my own definition and in my own life situation lang, no? um, an empowered woman is you recognize the things that you're going through as a woman, na the inequalities, the discrimination, the oppression, the subordination, and you don't stop there. You do something about it. Gumagawa ka ng paraan para makaalpas ka sa sitwasyon na yon. And you upon recognizing that you help other women to get out of that situation as well uh, para sa akin ang pagiging isang empowered woman is yung empowerment na meron ka hindi mo lang gustong sarilihin pero ngunit gusto mong ibaga, ibahagi sa iba para sa akin napakahalagang component ng pagiging empowered ay gusto mo ring i-empower ang iba no that's why i keep doing these things no i i, I tell that all the time so in a, in a in a in a span of 2 months this is my third speaking engagement no and i i say i tell my friends all the time no kahit sino ang nag-e-invite they ask me I, kasi kanina may meeting ako and they were telling me i have to go i have a speaking engagement and my friends would tell me kumikita ka ba diyan and i tell them i don't have to earn for me to say yes to a speaking engagement even if it takes my time uh even if it um even if i have to take, make an effort to do some research. Siyempre, um, exception for this, no? Kasi this is my advocacy. Pero there are instances na may mga speaking engagements na I have really to allow, I really have to allow time and do research. Despite that, I don't say na, I don't ask in, um, those who invite me kung may bayad, no? Kasi, I'm a busy person and ito na lang yung paraan ng pagpapatuloy ko ng advocacy ko na alam ko nakakapag-ambag pa rin ako sa pag-empower ng kapwa ko, mga babae, kahit hindi mga babae. So, um, itong mga speaking engagements na to, I say yes all the time, even if it takes much of my time, kahit busy ako. To be honest, kahit sobrang busy ako, pag may pumapasok na speaking engagement, priority kong ipasok sa schedule ko yung speaking engagement. I've never said no. Ever since nag-speak ako, no, nag-start ako mag-speak, I've never said no. Kasi for me, um, people would oftentimes um, commend me na, um, I envy you. I if para sa akin, you are such an empowered woman. You're such you're a feisty woman. You know your worth. Um, grabe yung ambag mo sa society and all with you know educating other women. And I told myself a part of that is having a vision of empowering empowering other women as well. No, so that's my vision of it. And you know, um, ten years from now, I see the feminist wo- movement as a flourishing movement. No, na I hope no na it's not only women who speak about this. Now, we will also have men allies in the movement that we are going to be able to prove in the society that feminism is not only for women. That's my that's actually my dream, no? My dream about feminist movement is not to, not just to empower more women, not just to elevate, alleviate more women from, the, from their situations, but to gather more men to support the movement, to gather more men for them to um, personally invite other men to join the movement. Para sa akin, magiging successful ang feminist movement if I am able to um, in- influence men and make them realize that feminism is also for them. And, you know, um, lastly, for me, I hope 10 years from now, we stop talking about feminism as separating men and women. And yun lang yung Excuse me, it's just a dream ko 10 years from now, no, na 
10 years from now, if we talk about feminism, sana hindi naiisipin ng mga lalaking, ay, ano ba yan? Bakit ganito? Bakit may feminism? Bakit kami rin naman? Ayoko, ayoko na sanang makarinig ng ganon. Gusto ko, ang vision ko 10 years from now is, pag narinig nila yung feminism, ang sasabihin ng mga lalaki, ay, tama yan. Kasi ako din, marami akong karanasan sa buhay na dahil sa feminismo, ay natulungan nitong mapagaan yung buhay ko bilang lalaki. No, so that's that's just my vision for feminism so far. Thank you so much, Miss Bona. We certainly learned a lot from you today. Um, during your answers and responses, we can't help actually but marvel at how empowered you are. You've often talked about people feeling that way towards you, and we here in the podcast team are really much empowered and also amazed with how much we've learned during our talk with you. Yeah, I really, really appreciate. Of course, no. Um, it's lately it's been so hard to do this because it's online. I can see, of course, mad modgas lang to, no. So hindi ko makikita yung reaction ng mga tao, hindi ko maririnig. Unless dati when I do speaking engagements na face to face, I can see my audience reaction. If na assess ko kung shocks na empowered ko ba sila, na empowered ko ba sila, nagkaroon kaya ng impact yung mga sinabi ko, no. So hopefully, despite that, despite Um, the limitations, no, because we're in the online world um, right now. I hope that upon listening to this podcast, I hope people, kahit papano, may mapupulot na kahit isang aral from this podcast, kahit hindi lahat about feminism, no, kahit about empowerment lang, kahit confidence, kahit about, you know, um, being confidently beautiful on your own. No, para sa akin, kahit kakatiting or onti lang, na lesson na mapulot dito. Masayang-masaya na ako. It means I've been an effective speaker for the podcast today. Yes, well, you were very, very much effective. Thank you very much again. Sadly, gender inequality and sexism characterize the daily lives of women and girls at present time. However, we should remember that we should not stop there. We should not let these things be perpetually embedded in the system. Definitely, we should start making the world a safer and more favorable place for women. You know, a place where we could go outside without fear, enter the workforce, knowing that we'll receive equal pay, and living life without being subjected to double standards and stereotypes. We should strive to attain the fifth sustainable development goal, which is gender equality. Well, we can actually do that by educating people. ASDG central to this is the fourth goal, or quality education. This aims to ensure that all people from different backgrounds and walks of life are given an opportunity to attain inclusive, equitable, and quality education. That is because education is pivotal in inciting social change. With education, people get to understand the things happening in society how these affect people, and how these can be overturned. For example, through education, people will know what women are going through every day, understand how these affect women, and eventually envision social change. Yes, also misinformation as well as skewed oppressive ideas such as misogyny and sexism are rampant in society. Being empowered with knowledge allows us to rectify this, thus abolishing social ills. It is also very important to note that education does not only take place in schools. Rather, education can take place outside of schools, through academic discourse, and even through media. We can educate others about these issues online too, with the use of social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. When we see something wrong being spread and supported online, we must correct these through information awareness. Aside from this, joining organizations and supporting platforms that promote awareness and advance solutions to global issues would really greatly help. Speaking of, what are those organizations and platforms? Well, Francine, firstly, we have thegoals.org, which is a free education portal founded in 2014 that enlightens people about sustainable development solutions. It aims to solve and alleviate social issues such as poverty, gender inequality, climate change, and illiteracy. Wow, they certainly have a lot in mind. Tell me, how does it work? Well, first things first, sign up on their website, then you can pick courses, do tasks, complete missions, and share your stories. 
You may even read other people's stories as well. These tasks, missions, and stories help one abide by the sustainable development solutions and solve problems being faced by the world through baby steps. I remember there's also a youth and volunteer-led movement called the 2030 Youth Force. It aims to make people aware of how the sustainable development goals affect individuals and communities alike and empower the youth to contribute to the achievement of the global goals, including gender equality. Say, Francine, what are the specific activities in this movement? I'm glad you asked, Bianca. It's pretty amazing, actually, as the youth may participate in trainings, workshops, and campaigns. They may even attend conferences and other events with UN and governmental partners. Of course, all these are related to the achievement of the global goals. That sounds really, really interesting. You get to meet people, have fun, learn, and make the world a better place, even through simple means. Oh, and of course, it is worth mentioning that the University of the Philippines Diliman Model United Nations is also an organization that promotes global awareness and social change. It is a school-based organization giving the youth an avenue to understand global issues, international politics, and diplomacy, as well as the interplay among these. So guys, you know the drill, right? Join Moon! Just kidding. Or not. Well, Moon is actually a great platform to start your journey towards being a global citizen. Finally, aside from educating others and joining platforms, we can instigate social change by amplifying our concerns. You can do this by joining mobilizations and also by using your social media accounts as virtual megaphones that tweets, retweets, and shares. Let's use our social media accounts for the greater good. Also, I think it is very important to reiterate that when we see an oppressive belief, idea, or prejudice such as sexism, victim blaming, and sexualization being promulgated online, we should educate those who promote and believe in such. Of course, with respect and professionalism. Despite being tough and requiring a lot of patience to do, making our concerns and advocacies heard, as well as correcting other people's skewed beliefs would really help a lot. While a lot of people would rather remain silent when they see that such ideas are being promulgated and people's, especially women's rights, are being violated, this perpetuates a system of oppression. That is why silence in such situations is a mere manifestation of lack of concern and sensitivity for others, just because the system benefits those who would rather remain silent and even apathetic. They forget to realize that they are not the only people in society and that there are also other people who are oppressed on a daily basis. Really, they should use their privilege to advance others' concerns. Preach! Also, according to Chivijian in 2017, silence allows misinformation to pervade communities and societies. With this, it is very important for us to speak up, correct misinformation, and condemn injustices. In cases like such, silence is not golden. Rather, it is a mere instrument that perpetuates oppression. Our voices are powerful, and we must use such to instigate social change and create a better society for everyone. Here's to making sustainable and concrete change for her world with girls by girls. Once again, this is your host, Bianca Roque, and Francine Prades for late Moon Night Talks. Thank you very much for being with us in our second episode and we hope you'll stay tuned for the third and last episode coming soon on the University of the Philippines Diliman Model United Nations Facebook page. Have a pleasant night! This podcast is in partnership with LaSalle Greenhills Model United Nations Organization Anima Model United Nations Manila Lyceum of the Philippines University Model United Nations UP Political Society Philippines Association of Nutrition Alpha Chapter ISAC University of the Philippines Diliman and Katribu UP Diliman Chapter With special thanks to UP and Kendall United Architects of the Philippines Student Auxiliary UP Diliman Chapter.
Yupi Nam Nama Bangun The Yupi Pre-Medical Honor Society Yupi Society of Industrial Designers and Yupi Deleman College of Science FST Council <laughs>